Bum, 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 bum. It's cold outside, there's no kind of atmosphere, I'm all alone, more or less. Let me fly far away from here. Fun, 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 in the sun, sun, sun. I want to lie, shipped, wrecked, and comatose, drinking fresh mango juice. Goldfish shows nibbling at my toes. Fun, 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 Smegheads! My name is Jed Shepherd. I'm Daniela Phillips. Thanks very much for joining us once again for Smegheads, the, the Red, Red Dwarf, Dwarf Podcast. Podcast. I'm back. You're back. You know, you remembered. Um, so, the great thing about us being back yeah. is that in the time that we were away, you you develop um, a sense of, of absence, which develops a sense of missing people. Um so like this episode that we're about to talk about today is about two friends missing each other. Yeah. How much did you miss me in the me- in the meantime? Um, I missed you a bit. We live right next to each other. Yeah. I, I actually haven't seen you since last time we recorded, <laughs> no. right? No. No, I don't think so. No. I don't think so either. No. Yeah. Not even just like in, like you were saying, you look after me in the co-op. <laughs> I'm scared of that co-op. I'm always in that co-op. I know. I get to that sometimes, but I'm scared because the woman in there keeps talking to me about TV shows. Yeah, she's a bit strange. I'm not joking. Like, but I haven't seen her for a while. Oh, she she finds me. I go in there. And I think oh, I'm safe, and she's like, "Oh, have you seen um the uh, sixth series of Protas Empire?" I'm like, "Mate, I'm I'm just shopping for for flipping veggie scotch eggs. Leave me alone." Blech. Um, you don't like eggs, do you? No, I don't. That's very weird. Out of ten, how much would you say you missed me? Um, four. <laughs> Four? That's below average. It's, well, you know, like, because I'm not used to seeing you often. We see, we see each other every week. When we're doing the podcast, yeah, we don't yeah, all yeah. go for long gaps where we don't see each other. Yeah. That's a test of a good friendship, really. That's you true. can go a long time without seeing someone and then you slot back into being friends straight away. That's true, that's exactly. true. Exactly. Even though like, we live next door to yeah, each other. <laughs> yeah, Well, how much did you miss me out of ten? Um... See, I think I'm a, like a sociopath because I don't miss anything or anyone. Exactly. You say exactly. You're going to say lower than four. So, like, you're giving me a hard time for four. I'm going to say a five, just so oh. it's okay. Thank just you. Just so it's average. <laughs> I don't have that bit of me that kind of misses things. Um, the only thing I miss is breakfast when I've only had two breakfasts. And Netflix. Oh, I would miss Netflix big style. If I was, a, I always think if I'm on a trip to Mars, I was one way trip to Mars. I'd be fine with that as long as they've got uh, like wireless internet with with netflix it's good to know what one this episode daniela i like this episode um, it's one of the better ones it's got some good things this one's called blue um when i was in uh, university i spent my time not paying attention to anything that's going on and i was writing a screenplay called blue okay well. was it set around the, the pop band it was it was about the pop band that me and the pop band me joining the pop band blue and uh singing stevie won the songs no it was like a zombie thing as usual um so um i have a f- an affinity to work towards the color blue and the word blue and anything with blue in it um and i'm wondering what do you think that the title of this episode blue relates to regarding the the storyline feeling blue one yeah what else 
that's that's all I that's all I went okay. for. I didn't think any deeper than that. Well, obviously, this is about um, the fact that Lister has lost Rimmer and his way of trying to deal with that that absence. Um, don't forget, Rimmer is a hard light hologram, usually wearing a yeah, blue. Yeah, that's cost- what I mean. He's feeling blue. He's, yep. he's upset. But Rimmer also wears a blue costume. Okay. Blue. Okay. Right? Um, your favourite blue midget. Yeah. <laughs> nah, do you remember that when you thought there was a real blue midget in it yeah it's <laughs> an easy mistake to make I don't know what you're talking about you were like I don't I can't remember there being a midget in it at all <laughs> especially a blue one alright <laughs> um, so this is the fifth episode of season seven the greatest season of Red Dwarf ever and I'm glad you guys out there are um, agreeing with us on Twitter or at least agreeing with Daniela and not me um I, I agree with you, Daniela. I, I tend to like these episodes where yeah. it's about the affections that Lister has for Rimmer and vice versa. And this has played out in quite a an interesting way. And uh, this is probably the episode that people remember the most for one certain bit, the yeah. musical bit, a little bit later What on. I liked about it as well is I hate um, flashbacks where they just show repeats of previous episodes, yeah. whereas they didn't do that with this. No, you do get flashbacks, but it's the, the newly new filmed. content. Yeah, and I, new yeah content. I like yeah. that. And the problem with the new, new content, Rimmer's not wearing the right right costumes for the Ooh, content I didn't notice. because he only he only he only got the blue uniform when he was a hard light hologram which was in um season six so but he you saw him wearing various different blue uniforms and different uniform uniforms all the way through well, this well maybe the the memories aren't that far back i guess you've got to remember that the time between episodes is not the time that has actually passed yeah in red dwarf i guess so yeah, but also like the the feeling of absence isn't just about Rimmer. It's about the fact that where's Red Dwarf? The whole their whole mission now isn't just to get home to Earth, but it's to find Red Dwarf, which effectively is their home now. Um, and the problem with finding Red Dwarf is, if you think about it, it's impossible to find it because um, not only um, is Red Dwarf probably faster than than Starbug, but there's been such a time period between the last time they were on Red Dwarf. Um, you, you're never going to find it. You could, it could be literally anywhere in in, in space. Um, so there's that absence as well because that's that was their um, de facto home. Um, and then you've got the other lost uh, loss, which is Kachansky missing her dimension, missing her gay boyfriend, and miss and her being reminded all the time of that because. Lister is right in front of her face. It's like seeing your ex all the time, like yeah. being friends with your ex's twin brother or sister. Um, weird. Um, so um, she has she has trouble as well, and so she's blue. In fact, everyone has a has a reason to be blue in this episode. Um, how often are you blue, Daniela? Constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Is that yeah. just watching too many episodes of Murder She Wrote? No, get, get, that get makes you. me happy. <laughs> no, I'm I'm quite I'm quite a little I'm quite a little sad person. A I little think. Eeyore. Yeah. There's no need to be a little so. Eeyore. You, you've seen me now, so that's fine. Yeah. I should keep you going for for, for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, and the reason why Crichton's blue is because because obviously Kachansky's there taking away attention from Lister. Also, she, he has to do her laundry, and he is he's deleted all of his lingerie files, so he ha- is having to like learn from scratch on how to deal with that. So there's plenty of reason to be blue. And unlike the other the past couple of episodes, I feel like this one has an actual story. Okay, right. 
right at the beginning as well right. there is a, a really important question that is asked and this is this is uh, something i feel quite strongly about okay so they're talking about salad cream and whether it should be in or out of the fridge so i don't have salad cream but i feel very strongly about ketchup and other condiments whether they should be in and out of the fridge what's your uh, what's okay. your take on this see this is controversial but you go, first of all you've got to think of the ingredients there in it yeah. right yeah ketchup it's got vegetables in it. Yeah. Um, they've been they've been uh, twiddled around with chemicals and stuff. So you don't necessarily need to put ketchup in the fridge. Um, I think it tastes better when it's cold, but you don't need to put it okay. in the fridge. Mayonnaise and yeah. salad cream, they have eggs in it. Yeah. They have it has to go in the fridge. Yeah. Cooked eggs, not raw eggs, not like like yeah. You have to put them in the fridge. Mm. I feel otherwise you're just eating off eggs. Ugh. Yeah, I'm I'm very much a condiments in the fridge person. And my boyfriend yeah. is a condiments out of the fridge person. So it's like a constant battle of me moving stuff from the cupboard into the fridge and then he will use the condiments and put them back in the cupboard, get them out of the fridge, put them back in the cupboard. So it's kind of like Do you use brown sauce? Uh, he does. He he, uh, he keeps so he, keep, he keeps it in the cupboard. You, I, I don't you 100% use it. You don't need brown sauce in the fridge. I, was, I don't use brown sauce, so I, yeah. if he wants to keep it in the cupboard that's fine, yeah. but ketchup or hot sauces are you kidding me? You put hot sauces like in the fridge? sweet chilli sauce I put in the fridge, yeah. No, that doesn't need to go in the fridge. I do, though. There's nothing in it that can go off. No, it's not so much about keep things going off. I just like like to know they're fresh. I don't know, it That's just feels fresher the... for me. Okay, okay. Maybe you're right, maybe you're right. Um, it doesn't taste as nice if it's in the fridge. Um, we also have here the issue of the... Liz is thinking about Rimmer so much it's really getting onto his mind he is imagining himself he's imagining this whole scenario where um, Rimmer comes back and uh, that was weird they get close and they like declare how much they missed each other and they give each other a hug and then they pull away and they they kind of kiss each other yeah so I, even before the kiss I didn't know that's where it was going you I didn't just, okay. no I kind of this is very homoerotic yeah. <laughs> what is going on here it's, it's very top it's very um, um, top gun but I thought it was very funny the way he wakes up and, and reacts to, to that and I, I thought that was I thought that was actually genuinely funny bit of it, it was funny and this did this one have a laugh track I can't remember it did it yeah. did it's back do you think that's influenced how we've thought of these episodes 100% okay. yeah 100% um, I also did quite like um, the fact Lister has to kiss Rimmer. Though you, I mean, you don't see much lip-on-lip action, but also this is the thing that Doug Naylor likes to do to to Craig Charles. It's been it's been reported tons of times. There's plenty of articles about it where Doug Naylor said he he enjoys putting Craig Charles in situations where he has to kiss gruesome things, which he's done plenty <laughs> which of times. Which happens quite a lot. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Now that you've said that, I'm like yeah, like okay. in Sirens when he thinks it's Pete Tranter's sister, but it's just a slimy like siren with bug creature, and then he also has to kiss uh, one of the Kinutawawi. Yeah, um, and in the later episode as well, with the what does he do in the later episode? He, he kisses the uh, the thing, the Car- Caroline, whatever. Oh name yeah, is. he does. Yeah. Caroline Carmen. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. But I mean, it, it's funny, and like it's a quick way to get a laugh. But I think it yeah. actually really works. And the fact that these two have been kind of mortal enemies for like seven seasons is, is really funny when you see them kissing each other, even if it is a dream sequence. And I usually hate dream sequences because it's a cheap cop out. But I, I actually really. I didn't this. know it was a dream sequence I usually can tell but this time I was like oh okay is he back because I keep expecting him to come back I can't believe he's 
been written out. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm struggling to get over it. Well, well, he's having, he's struggling to get over Rimmer leaving, and he also calls Cat Rimmer, and Cat's like, what? He's like, I swear I just called you Rimmer, that's really weird. Um, but um, basically, um, they haven't, they need to reduce the weight on Starbug because I'm guessing it's because Starbug is now two, three times well, bigger than Well, they say it's her, her laundry, isn't it? <laughs> her lingerie. <laughs> I mean, uh, th- she didn't bring anything with her, so it's quite weird. Yeah. Quite weird that yeah. she's got a lot of stuff. I don't mm. know. Uh, so they need to l- l- lessen the weight, but they don't want to chuck any anyway, anything that, um, that that's Rimmer's um, because... Lister and Rimmer spent loads of time together doing stuff and everything reminds Lister of Rimmer. I guess as well, Lister knows that Rimmer's not really dead. He's just become Ace Rimmer. So he might come back. There's that possibility. Whereas That's the others true. think he's dead. So That's a real good point. So do you think if List, if Rimmer actually died, he would have got over it better than knowing he's out there somewhere? Possibly. That's I think the there would have been kills. an acceptance. Yeah, 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 yeah. There would have been a certain amount of acceptance to it. Yeah, that's very true. Um... And we do see some interesting flashbacks. We see a flashback to them um, playing golf on this golf planet and uh, um, it's like a Chrysan's made these holes and you only made it a nine-hole thing because it's a small planetoid and uh, just just them having fun. No, I'm going on some sort of locker treasure hunt yeah. as well. I like that. Yeah. I'd play that. And it's like sometimes when someone disappears out of your life you tend to only remember the good things but like yeah so he reminisced about all the good you things you forget about the times f- yeah it's you. funny that it would be better if you remembered only the bad things you can get over them quicker um so i thought this, this was quite interesting i think this is the writing in this episode much as as much as we criticized the writing in the last episode i think this is real nice multi-layered writing about relationships and absence yeah, yeah. and loss well, i think it's really cool. i guess because the focus isn't on kachansky on this episode yeah and if you think about it deeply um doug naylor also lost his partner rob grant um in series seven oh, yes. so i think there's a little bit of duality yes. there so no, that, i don't know if anyone else right. has ever thought about that before yeah. but um there's that as, as, yeah no I, I like this episode yeah look at us like getting down to the real kind of uh, brass tanks of red dwarf dissection yeah um so yeah so then we have uh, the kind of culmination of uh, lister's fantasies about remembering uh rimmer is is the kiss in this dream and obviously it's, it's got a little bit too far there and it and kind of panics and he doesn't he's going mental basically and i don't know if i've ever been in a situation where i've missed someone so much in fact i've never been like that where i've missed someone so much i'm constantly dreaming about them and fantasizing about them walking into the room and no, Just. not in not insofar that I think it's real. Like I can have dreams where, like, I, I dream about people, like my boyfriend that I miss. Oh, okay. like because I don't know, like he's not with me, so I'm like, oh, I miss him, and I'll dream about him because oh. just because it's in your subconscious because you've been thinking about him, so yeah, he yeah. naturally enters your dream. But I know it's a dream. It's not like I think it's happening. I wake up like, ah, yeah, where are you gone? Um, yeah, so um. Lister discusses this situation with with the rest of the crew um, and speaks to Kachansky about it and she kind of helps him come to terms with the fact fact, um, that he misses Rimmer mostly because he hated him so much and it's that interaction he had on that playful interaction he had with him all the time that's what you miss because I know it's a cliche but there's a thin line between love and hate and if you hate someone you also 
you want you kind of like them in your life because you're used to it and it becomes a habit and once that's that's kind of taken out it's like a puzzle plate piece missing from the puzzle mm. it's gone it just you feel the absence um but um then then she kind of like uh helps him kind of uh realize that Rimma the whole time has been keeping him sane and here's the reason for bringing Rimma back from um, from death in the episode one was to keep Lister sane and I think it's only yeah, in this episode yeah obviously a reason yeah that you realise he has actually been doing that yeah. his job the whole time yeah. is by being an absolute and utter smeghead it has been keeping Lister sane yeah and I wonder if from the very start if Kachansky was brought back if he would have just gone mental if without that kind of interaction a playful banter with Rimmer, would he have gone mental yeah, I don't who knows? Know. Yeah, and 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 gone gay and turned gay apparently as well. Yeah, oh maybe. <laughs> wow. I shouldn't think it was possible, but there you go. That's quite interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot lot to play around with in this particular episode. Um, so um, Crichton, not to be outdone by the kind of uh, help that Kachansky has been giving Lister, he decides to go one better and he creates um, something that's a little bit akin to Rimmer World, but yeah. it's the Rimmer experience. I like this. So we've seen in multiple episodes before times where there's been tons of Rimmers. And in yeah. the new series, there's tons of Rimmers. Um, in old episodes, there's tons of Rimmers and there's tons of Rimmers in this. So they create a... Um, Crichton creates a, an elaborate ride called the Rimmer Experience, which is a virtual reality roller coaster um, that is not based on reality. It's based on the diaries that Rimmer has left behind. Which is hilarious. Yeah, and you know, like Rimmer is well known to kind of like um, embellish, embellish, and overegg the situations to make himself to be a hero. Um, so this roller coaster ride is a little bit like the opening credits for the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, where they get into this into this. It reminded uh, me of it's a small world after all. Yeah, that's true. Get on the ride, and it's hugging. And by the way, the actors absolutely hated this roller coaster ride in, in real life. They called this really? when they when they were filming this. They called it Black Friday because oh, they all felt sick from oh, it. Oh yeah, it looked it wasn't a bit fun. Jolting. It was jolty, yeah. But it, I think the, the sound department here played it really well because it did sound like a real kind of old school end of pier crappy yeah. seaside ghost train or something so they get into the uh into the car and they go through the double doors and straight away we see various different points of uh, rimmer's life embellished to make him out to be like a hero and i'm not sure why but everyone in each scene had a ton of makeup on a ton of makeup and they really had, shiny teeth and their eyebrows they had really weird eyebrows yeah. like painted on eyebrows like i didn't understand why i guess it's Crichton's version because he had to make these animatronics so he i don't know how he probably made it out of like templates um and it's a differentiate them from the real characters but anyway it was quite funny we see versions of cat and lister just saying how great arnie is um and yeah and like would you want to go into jed world jed, jed no jed experience where i don't know depends like I think it'd be I kind don't of. Think so, but I, I think it'd be. Kind of, I think it'd be. It would be a ghost maybe. train for sure. Yeah, it'd be I'd some like scary that. stuff. Yeah. Um, but this ride is it's quite funny, and it's a, I think it's a really well written um, uh, kind of scene. It's yeah. one of the most famous yeah. from series seven, but it culminates in uh, a song, and this song is is uh, sung and written by Howard Goodall, who's done the theme song to almost every TV show you can think of, and Howard Goodall sings it, but. Um, 
the everybody knows this song it's Arnold 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 Rimmer and it is accompanied by the visuals from a surreal Dali-esque nightmare <laughs> where there's multiple Rimmers marching along mouthing and, and karaokeing its way through this song and it's it's incredible to watch and like I remember watching this at the time and just thinking this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life it's pretty good yeah and even watching it multiple i've seen it multiple times now it is it is a good funny thing and um it's a song that kind of again embellishes um rimmer's achievements and saying that he's basically the chuck norris the red dwarf universe everything he touches turns to gold he can fight anyone he's better than everyone and um and i mean the the, the crew in in the in the um, ghost train car or wherever it is uh, they can't believe what they're seeing they're sitting there mouths agog and astonished at what they're seeing and Crichton's really kind of made something a little bit too far um, and it's just showing how Rimmer is the most remarkable person that's ever lived um, and yeah it's it's crazy it's absolutely crazy um, and basically it, it kind of paints him to be the hero that he ends up being in actually in the end of season six and I guess he says to now so he is a hero but the rumor we know in love is a smeghead and not a hero um so yeah so and the, these rumors aren't life-size rumors they're munchkin rumors marching along like like uh at the first third of or the second third of uh um Wizard of Oz like munchkin land very 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 strange and then it what it does it helps this to come to terms with the fact that he never ever wants ever to hear from wants him to again. hear him again and like yeah it's it's, it's cool and i liked like, i liked this episode i thought it was it was okay i thought it was quite good yeah and like it it what Crichton was trying to achieve with, with this is to make rimmer sorry make lister realize he doesn't need rimmer and i think job done yeah Absolutely i think done. as well coming off the back of two really poor episodes this one was a, a sort of breath of fresh air yeah somewhat, somewhat that's true and it was very very simple like it was a to b there was no real deviation from it um there was not a lot of kachansky which is good um in fact you didn't really need that at all in this episode um i feel like this was written externally from all the everything that happened within Red Dwarf they just wanted an episode where because this, this could have been an episode where they wake up and Rimmer's banging on something and everyone's like what's what's Rimmer doing what, what's he up to yeah. and they find out he's making a, a Rimmer experience um, and they they probably had that in their bag and they thought okay he's gone now what are we going to do with this episode and then they they've kind of worked around that um it's also you see because in the flashbacks you see flashbacks to Ace Rimmer, um, and this is the last time you ever see Ace Rimmer in any Red Dwarf. I think do you see him in, in later episodes? Oh, I don't think I so. I think that's it. Thank thank Christ. Um, you also don't ever see Rimmer as a hologram ever again. Besides the flashbacks in this episode, um, you only ever see him in. Um, in when he's come back um, a bit later okay. on which, we'll, which come to, we'll come to that at some other point um, and yeah I, I think um, overall this episode was good one of the better ones of this yeah, series yeah definitely um, again the CG that wasn't great there was this whole bit with the comet's tail and they had to go through it and it just looked a bit a bit shoddy a bit shaky um, but the stuff in inside Red Dwarf is good especially as like we've been to the filming of the last season of red dwarf and the sets were brilliant um and the sets look great 
and detailed and the sets looked a little bit flat in this it looked very much like like a set i thought um especially when they were on the um the ride the ride it was just a black, black background screen, yeah I, would, uh, I mean what are you doing guys come on you've got five minutes put up a curtain or something put a wall behind them just some some wires or some tubes or something yeah they could even just like put put wallpaper with his face on it something like that yeah exactly and um this was around the time where Brass empire was um was basically very very popular it was up there almost as popular as red dwarf and he and chris wanted to do more of that so um this was essentially going to be his last time ever after Stoke Media Clipper, where he'd be be seen again. Um, and we don't see Rimmer again after this until the next season. So he does come back in the next season, um, which I can't wait to do season eight, by the way, just because it's even worse than season seven. Amazing. <laughs> but there are some, again, there's some good elements of that. Um, again, this was an episode where I was pleasantly surprised because... Again, I went into season seven going, there are, there are no good episodes. There are absolutely no good episodes ever. I don't care what people say. I remember hating this and just being so disappointed after the absolute victory of like seasons one to six. Huh. Season six was so good. I was just like, just do that again. Just do that again. But I think with with Rob Grant leaving, with, with Chris Barry leaving and with the addition of Kachansky, it's, it's been an absolute ghost ride. Um <laughs> Yeah. What do you what do you think yeah. of this episode as a whole? Yeah, as a whole, I didn't mind it. I mean, um, set in this series, I mean, we've talked about it, this like a few times. Like, if you took this episode, and put it in another series, it would be quite a weak one. But I think in this group of episodes, it's one of the stronger ones. Yeah. And I, I quite liked it. I thought there were there were funny bits of it, and I quite I quite like the fact that exploring the loss a bit more. Yeah. I mean, because you forget, like, they've lost everybody. <laughs> like, there are no more humans yeah. left. So if Lister's missing Rimmer that much, I wonder how he's missing, like, his family. Um, I guess in Thanks for the Memory, he misses uh, Lucy Yates. So there is some loss there as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they've lost the human race. So And Kat's lost everyone he's ever known as well. So this is the first time I've seen it kind of dealt with properly. And yeah. I think it's a really nice touch. And again, I, I'm a sucker for Lister, Rimmer, kind of talky bits and kind of their friendship explored. I love all that. Um, the original title of this episode was actually going to be called Heartache. Really? It's maybe a bit too on the nose. Okay. A little bit too on the nose. Um, I think blue works. I think it does. It's a little bit more ambiguous and kind of kind of fits in a few more pigeonholes. Um... And yeah, and just 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 the the crew, sorry, the the crew of uh, Red Dwarf, the actual actors, they didn't like filming this episode due to them getting sick while filming this. And um, one little fact about this that's really interesting. Okay, tell me. Because I was thinking, okay, this is this feels a little bit different than the last couple of episodes. I wonder what, if there's a reason for that. And the re- this was co-written by someone. This was co-written by Kim Fuller. And do you know what Kim Fuller wrote? No. Spice World. <laughs> So is it Simon Simon Fuller's wife? That must be. That must be. I don't actually know, but um, Kim Fuller co-wrote Spice World, um, and it was probably around the same time as well. So it has that kind of weirdness about it. Okay. I don't know, um, but yeah, it's just a nice little touch, and I think this episode 
kind of even more fully confirms that this season seven is better than most people think it is. Okay. Um, and again, we, as you said, we come off the back of two pretty yeah, dire episodes. Yeah. Um, so again, at the end of uh, series episode eight, we will discuss all of uh, these episodes and how we rank it in oh, our okay. arbitrary uh, uh, charts. Um, but if you agree with us on this episode or you disagree with us on this episode, you need to let us know as soon as possible on Twitter. How can they reach you, Daniela? At Daniela with one L Phillips. Yep. And you can reach me on Twitter at Judge Shepherd, J E D S H E P H E R D. And I promise you, I will reply <laughs> to your tweets. Even though Daniela says I don't reply to things, I genuinely will. Um, yep. Yeah, let us know what you think. And that just leaves me to say, see you later, Smokeheads. Bye. <laughs>